The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to April perhaps the best month of the sports year, and to the 274th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, bizarre news items, and events of the week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, it's a great day here in Boston. It's opening day for the Red Sox, and we have a beautiful day, about 58 degrees, sunny, no wind. Uh, The game begins in about an hour. And it's basically the equivalent of a statewide holiday, if not a a regional New England holiday when the Red Sox have opening day. And for me, I'm particularly interested because uh, they're playing the Pittsburgh Pirates. I'm a lifelong fan, grew up in western Pennsylvania. And uh, so it's just going to be a perfect day for baseball. And the weather up here has just been terrible. Uh, Maybe... Glad to have March behind us. It may be the worst March ever. Multiple snowstorms, record cold temperatures, wind like you read about, and good to have that month behind us. And uh, uh, we got an April Fool's Day storm on uh, Saturday that was just really ugly and sloppy. Uh, Yesterday was better, and today is just uh, as good as it gets for opening day. Fantastic. So speaking of the Pirates, uh, I, had an, I had the pleasure of seeing them down in Tampa where I got a full load of sports uh, uh, last weekend. Um, went to see the Phillies hosting the Pirates at Spectrum Field in Clearwater, spring training, of course. And uh, <laughs> you talk about perfect weather. It was in the 80s. And tremendous amount of pirate fans and of course Philly fans uh big time Pennsylvania rivalry and just a great day to be at a spring training game it's been a while since I've been to one and it was just spectacular and Spectrum Field could not have been more impressive uh it was not some 
uh, low-level spring training site. It was, in fact, had all the amenities of a big league ballpark, uh, regional restaurant chain, had a beautiful setup uh, out in left field. So we basically walked in in the left field area and uh, never left. And again, just tons of bucko fans there. Great game. Got off to a big star with both teams scoring early and often uh, in the first few innings. So great crowd. It was a sellout and on a Sunday afternoon. And it was just really uh, a great way to begin a few days in Florida, get out of the cold up here in Boston. And from there, uh, we went to local establishment to watch the Gators, as in the Florida Gators, play South Carolina in a regional final to get to the final four. So that was also an electric setting uh, in Florida with the Gators playing to go to the final four. Uh, unfortunately, they lost, uh, but the electricity was just uh, special, truly special. And uh Great crowd, and everybody was totally, totally all in and tuned in to the uh, to the NCAA regional final. Uh, that then led right into the epic, classic uh, North Carolina-Kentucky game, which was just an incredible game, incredible ending when Luke May hit the winning shot. So it was just a tremendous sports day from start to finish. And the next night, uh, walked over to Amelie Arena where the Tampa Bay Lightning play. And for years, I've watched uh, the outside activities pregame and always thought it would be fun. They do these watch parties in front of Amelie Arena, typically for away games. But this was such a big game because they were playing the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, team with a serious pedigree and a serious fan base. It was stunning to see the amount of Blackhawk fans there. Game was also a sellout, and they have a massive TV. People bring lawn chairs uh, and watch the game outside in beautiful 75-degree evening weather in Tampa, Florida. So that was spectacular as well. And the atmosphere that I've seen on TV so much over the years uh, was obviously just much, much better in person. So just a great couple of days in Florida for sports and just really uh, tremendous down there and good to get a break. And now the weather has turned finally, it seems up here in Boston. So spring is here as is opening day of baseball. My highlight of the week is of course the final four March madness uh, at its peak, and Gonzaga has finally broken through by getting to the Final Four and playing North Carolina, a team that's been on a mission since Chris Jenkins beat them with the last second shot in the national championship, so they've been on a year-long mission, and tonight uh, they get a chance to accomplish and fulfill their year-long mission. We will see how that goes. Uh, Gonzaga, only one defeat all year long, and that was near the end of the season. 
they've looked good in the tournament, played in a good game. Uh, the, the two semifinals on Saturday night were great. Uh, you know, they held off the Cinderella team, South Carolina, and Coach Frank Martin uh, went down to the end. So it's very close, and uh, Gonzaga shows it may have the stuff to uh, finally break through, and they've already broken through to get there, and now they might even actually win the national championship. Should be a great game, but again, uh, the Tar Heels have been on a mission as well, and uh, the end of that game brings me to my low light of the week against Oregon in the other semifinal on Saturday night when uh, <clears throat> when North Carolina missed two foul shots. Oregon gets either rebound. There's about five seconds left, enough time to go up and launch to tie, and, uh, tie the game and go for a buzzer beater. And uh, they shockingly did not box out. It was actually the same player. Uh, two missed foul shots in a row. Uh, so they never even got a chance for that last shot, which was in itself, uh, disappointing. Um, but, uh, North Carolina earned it. First one was a tip. First missed foul shot. Second one was, uh, was Lincoln, was Meeks, uh, muscling in, grabbing the rebound. And that was the ball game. So, fabulous semifinals, and tonight should be a good one as well. Um, lastly, my bizarre story of the week was UConn losing. I watched Friday night. Uh, bizarre because when you've won 111 games in a row and you lose, it's bizarre. It's unusual. It had to happen, and it happened for them at the worst possible time. I've covered UConn many, many times, UConn women, and... Uh, uh, there's, it's a special program, but they ran up against a team that that night was better, uh, quality team, Mississippi state and, uh, pulled it out at the end and, uh, overtime buzzer beater, just, uh, shocking to see UConn clearly was not doing UConn things pretty much throughout the game and you could almost see it coming, but it was still, uh, magical to watch. And uh, Gino Ariema, the coach of UConn, I thought handled everything post-game beautifully. And lastly, as I said at the beginning, this April may be the best sports months of the year. Uh, this is one of the best weeks of the year. Not only a national championship game tonight, but Masters Week. And before we know it, NHL and NBA playoffs starting with multiple games every single night. It's going to be awesome. And of course, baseball is now officially underway. So now let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now, just like the game itself. 
you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one. 888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Oh, doing great, John. Glad to be here. That's good. Uh, Well, it's a rare day that the weather here in Boston apparently is nicer than the weather down south. So uh, (laughs) I, I guess I should enjoy it for today, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, you get some storms here, thunderstorms, and tornadoes been in the area, and strong winds. So we're just kind of hunkering down, keeping safe. Yep. Well, uh, good luck down there with that. I was watching uh, Masters coverage, and uh, looked like a pretty shaky day down there in Augusta. So it must be something all over the South. You're, of course, based in Alabama, and we'll get to the Masters, but. I have to start with really, you know, the shocker of the week. I should have added that as a new category <laughs> this week. Uh, UConn women losing. Um, I watched on Friday night. Uh, I called it my bizarre story of the week. Shocker. Surreal would be another word you could use to describe it. It was just, uh, number one, it was a great game. Number two, it was an SEC team that beat them, Mississippi State a school you know well, and uh, it was just something to see. Uh, All credit to Mississippi State. They pulled it out in the end in overtime. But uh, UConn women, throughout the game, really, from their slow start moving forward, were doing things that the UConn women just typically don't do. Yeah, John, I think one statistic that you try to look at is UConn has been in that semifinal so many times, but when it gets to the overtime, I think they're now 0-5. Shocker. Yeah, that's the Achilles heel. I didn't know that. Uh, You know, I didn't know that until they were showing it during the overtime. Right, yeah. So it seems that all these games they play during the year, there's quite a few of their blowouts of 20. It's like a close game. But they've had a few nail-biters, I guess, this year. And they didn't come through this time. And Mississippi State, of course, they had a lot of incentive being defeated by 60 points uh, last year in the tournament by UConn. So, and they're a good, good basketball team. And 
they had a hot player, and uh, you know she had scored forty one against Baylor, and yep. that's, a, that's an unbelievable number. I guess that set some type of record, of course. So Mississippi State was fired up. They have good players themselves, competed in a strong league, and they they were. Uh, up to the task that evening, and Connecticut fought back. I mean, it was a big lead. They fought all the way back, went ahead. But Mississippi State was was not to be denied. Correct, correct. Uh, and this is not to say Connecticut did not make some plays. Uh, the block at the end of the game, regulation uh, against uh, who would be the, the hero of the game for Mississippi State, uh, led to basically the winning shot in overtime. In other words, she drove the lane, and then, uh, you know, the shot was blocked and comes down with the ball five minutes later at the end of overtime, uh, under 10 seconds to go, and rather than try the same play, driving to the right side of the basket again, she was on the right side, but she pulled up at the foul line over the very same defender, if I'm not mistaken, would block the shot at the end of regulation and, uh, you know, swished the game winner and at the buzzer. So it was just, uh, you know, just something to really witness. Uh, you know, you and I have both covered UConn many times. So, you know, it's they're a special program. I thought Gino Ariama, as I said at the end of the first segment, was really gracious in defeat, including at the immediate end of the game when the shot went down to beat him. Um, he basically smiled as he walked towards midcourt to congratulate the other coach. So I thought he handled the whole thing, you know, really, really well. I truly did. Yeah, John, and, and as you mentioned, it was against the same player that was, the, I believe, the defensive player of the year. Exactly. Exactly. Um yeah, I mean, just really incredible, uh, you know, turn of events, to say the least. Um, and, you know, I just, th- this team was very interesting. Uh, you know, they come out of nowhere in that, you know, last year, as we all know, um, you know, UConn won their fourth straight national championship with Brianna Stewart. And a couple of other All-Americans, they were the first three picks in the draft, UConn's top three players, led, of course, by Brianna Stewart. So no one had, no one really expected much from this team. Everybody, I remember at the end of the last year, I and everybody else just said, okay, their time, you know, now now we can get them, finally. (laughs) And the exact opposite happened, AP, as we witnessed all year long. They were undefeated, 36-0, if I'm not mistaken, going into Friday night. And more importantly, you know, they won 111 straight. They extended the streak to 111 straight games, which nobody, and I mean nobody, saw coming, despite the fact it was still UConn. So, you know, just really um, stunning season for them. And, you know, they, they looked as unbeatable as, you know, they've ever looked until uh, Morgan William made the winning shot. And,. So, you know, it's uh, all year long you could sense the caution in Gino's voice as he described this team. Uh, But, you know, after 36 in a row and numerous blowouts and basically looking like 
many UConn teams have looked in the past, you just thought, uh, you know, they're getting this done. I mean, there's absolutely no reason to have thought otherwise. Yeah, there was very few people who had picked against UConn. And when you have a string of 36 games, when you're on the winning end, I mean, that's a huge part of, of taking a championship is having that psychology of we're not going to lose. And we're, every time we take the court, we expect to win. I mean, you work on that uh, part of your uh, game as a coach all season long. So, I mean, they had quite an advantage. And for Mississippi State, I mean, 60, I mean, think of the chance. I mean, 60 points, um, uh, that's an incredible number. I, I don't know if I've seen that happen in women's basketball. Maybe if you researched it, you might find something. But I've never heard of a team losing by 60. And then the very next year, uh, although there's different players, but, but certainly a, a turnaround where you're beating the other team. I've never heard that. Right. Well, the Mississippi State coach said he took that loss personally. Not in a bitter way, just, you know, he didn't forget, they didn't forget. And, you know, uh, they were on a mission, and they they just simply got it done. And, again, I mean, you and I have covered so many UConn women games, uh, you know, in Connecticut, where, let's face it, when I think of a UConn game over the past many number of years, a typical score at the end of the first quarter is very often something that sounds like 30 to 10, if not bigger, spread than that. <laughs> I mean, that's just a normal game. And, you know, it's, what else can you say? That's just the way it is and the way it has been. So Mississippi State, to their credit, served notice immediately that that was not going to be the case as they got off to the fast start, the big lead. And so UConn was fighting an uphill battle and Again, they were just doing some uncharacteristic things, you know, rushing passes. Their shots were not going down like they typically do. And, uh, and you know, on that final drive in overtime, uh, the shot clock was off. And yet the player drove the left side of the lane, got a little out of control, got off a, a shot that had no chance of going in, and it goes out, and boom, that's it. Mississippi State has the ball with 12 seconds to go when... Everybody, including the announcers, were was totally expecting, you know, they'd have more of a deliberate play, and they would put up a shot, you know, with three, four seconds left, and as Gino explained afterwards, because they like to have a shot at a putback, um, neither of which occurred, obviously, but, you know, the player, again, the UConn player got a little out of control, which is just something at the worst possible time, with 12 seconds to go, so they shot it early. Certainly was not the shot they wanted, and uh, and now we know the you know we know the result. But the announcers were stunned, uh, as as was I. Everybody was. You just thought they would put it up with no more than five seconds to go, leaving Mississippi State basically no chance to win the game at the end. That's the way anyone on the sideline would coach their team to wait to the last ten seconds and probably make a drive, and yep. like you say, get that put back. I mean, you, I mean, they're not robots, of course, but you're trying to be as precise as you can under those circumstances, and that was slightly early to be attempting Correct. a shot. But UConn, I mean, I think they had some advantages at the end of the game, John, in some of the calls. I don't know how right. you felt oh, yeah. that that one particular where they had to review the film and 
it mean the, the cat was driven the ball down the court, and all of a sudden blew the whistle, and next thing you know, everybody's scratching their head, what's what's happening? And they get the ball, a couple free throws. I mean, well, I, I couldn't I, help but think. Go ahead, sorry. No, go ahead, John. Oh, I just I couldn't help but think. You know, it was the flagrant. It was the elbow uh, to the throat of the UConn player, and uh, and you know, Katie Lou Samuelson, and uh, I. Basically, you know, I couldn't help. My first thought was like, you know, not UConn's catching a break, but you know, just uh, that's 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 gonna you know give you UConn's gonna win the game because of this. But it sounded like, and it was much debated and much reviewed. Obviously, it sounded pretty automatic though. Like a, a player, there's no question the player elbowed uh, Katie Lou in the throat. And if you do that, then it's automatic. There almost didn't sound, seem to be, you know, any wiggle room. And it wasn't like a flagrant two that player was ejected. Obviously, the Mississippi State coach was very upset. It, it was a little tricky to understand because there was a lot of information flowing. But what I was hearing was that, you know, they didn't make the call immediately. It was sort of after the fact. They went and then reviewed it. And that there didn't seem to be any wiggle room, AP. Like, if you elbow a player in the throat, not going for the ball or whatever, it's an automatic call, which seemed to be the call they made. But you had to think at that moment, that's it. That's what UConn needed to have happen for them to finally win this game. You know, and I won't call it a break as much as just a circumstance swung in their favor, period. And it didn't seem overly deliberate either. No, no. It was just in the course of of the, defending the player. Your arms, your arms and elbows. You get up near somebody's face. That those things happen every once in a while. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, in the women's game, you, you rarely see it. Uh, the men is a little bit different, maybe. But in the women's game, you rarely see that type of play. So it was nothing intentional. But they had to make that call. If that's what they if that's what they felt occurred. Correct. Well, uh, there can be no doubt the result was an elbow to the throat. That is indisputable. Uh, again, didn't seem to be intentional, per se, just seemed to be hard defense. Um, but, you know, again, it was tricky. Uh, there's a, you know, it sounded automatic. The officials had to make that call. But in the same light, the Mississippi State coach was very, very upset. Which made me wonder, like, well, is it automatic or not? I mean, he, you know, right. if it's automatic, in my mind, he wouldn't have been upset. And by automatic, I mean the refs' hands were tied; they had to make the call. But, right. The language of the of the rule pre- uh, prevents them from having any uh, interpretation. Yeah, apparently, uh, you know. But again, it was a little confusing, you know, given. All that was going on, and there was a lot going on, that's for sure. Uh, but they reviewed it, you know, repeatedly and took their time. And you have to you have to assume the officials got it correct. It wasn't like, you know, there wasn't good views or anything like that. I mean, it was all right there for everybody to see on the replays and whatnot. So crazy, crazy. But, you know, again, as longtime viewers of UConn like you and I... Uh, long-time observers and coverers of the program, 
you had to just think, okay, that's it. You know, if you're going to pull the upset, you can't have them catch any type of, you know, break, positive circumstance, whatever, anything unusual. And that clearly was a highly unusual play, to put it mildly. So, but just again, I guess, goes to show you how determined Mississippi State was to overcome that call and everything else. Yeah, yeah, Mississippi State. That was a, a great spectacle of women's basketball for the country. I mean, they got to see yes. this team that was a big underdog in the game, and uh, they had this one little gal on the court, I, and then she lifts that lifted at five five. But I think they measured it; she's probably five two and a half. Yeah, Morgan and, William, unbelievable. And then she comes up with the, the game-winning shot to end a, a championship run, end a streak. And an undefeated season. Undefeated season. That's quite a bit on one shot. Oh yeah, absolutely epic. Um, and just to close it out, this segment: uh, South Carolina then indeed beat uh, Mississippi State last night to win the national championship, uh, women's crown. So it was again uh, quite quite a spectacle. That's for sure. And AP. Uh, Hard to believe we've come to the end of our first break. We have a lot more to get to here in this busy sports week and busy sports month, uh, including the Masters, and we'll get to that on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now... Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., there's so much going on including tonight's national championship game. Uh, don't know where to start, but why don't we say 
let's start with the Masters. It's Masters week, a week like no other. And uh, as I said at the beginning, uh, must be some tough weather down south. I know you're experiencing it down in Alabama and watched a little Masters coverage this morning. And they're having a fairly rough weather day as well. But that's all going to change, which is good news for you, right? Oh, yeah, I can't wait to uh, get headed towards Augusta for the very first time. I'm just, uh, you know, excited and and, uh, beside myself, really. It's uh, it's one of those bucket list moments, and I'm looking forward to seeing maybe if Justin Thomas, the former Alabama golfer, can have some success this weekend. Absolutely. Well, you're going to love it. I had the pleasure of winning the Masters Lottery in 2009 and attending a practice round that Tuesday at Augusta. And AP, it's one of those rare things in life that will completely and totally exceed whatever high expectations you have. And everybody has high expectations for their first visit to Augusta. There's just no place like it. It's just simply... uh, one of the most beautiful spots on the planet. There is no other way to say it. I was there on a sunny but chilly and windy day, and I basically walked the course three times all day long. I was there from 8 to 8, as in a.m. to p.m. And, <laughs> you know, uh, there's a lot to be said for a practice round. Number one, things have changed since then, but back in those days, Eight years ago, you you know you weren't allowed to bring cameras and cell phones and stuff like that on tournament days, uh, but you were on practice days. So, for me as a first timer, not that I wouldn't rather have be doing have done what you did, which is being there on Saturday and especially Sunday, but there's also a lot to be said for you know being able to take pictures for my first visit at Augusta and you know. Uh, and really just kind of get up close and personal. And, you know, you just can't get enough of it. You know, I, I, I walked, I'm guessing, easily 10, 12 miles that day, no question about it. Um, and, you know, after you walk the course once, you want to walk it again. It's not like, oh, okay, I've done it. You know, it's also known, as you well know, for basically having 1950s prices. By that, I mean you can get an egg salad or a Pimento and cheese sandwich for like whatever, buck ninety nine or something. Yeah, <laughs> everything is frozen. That's the thing. It's apparently Augusta hasn't changed since whatever, in decades and decades and decades. Um, so yeah, you're you're gonna love that. There's just something about you know, you buy something to eat and drink, and you know, you're gonna pay less than ten dollars. That's for sure. A lot less, actually. Your bill phone doesn't feel too much lighter. Uh, correct, correct. Another cool thing. I mean, for me and for many others, it's always been about the 16th hole, the famous par three uh, over the water. And that day, for me, I saw something pretty historic. As I'm walking down, I think it was my second trip of the day, mid-afternoon, towards the 16th. And all of a sudden, uh, right in front of me, but off in the distance, since I wasn't quite, I was somewhere in the middle of the 15th fairway, 
uh, I heard literally an Augusta roar, as in a Sunday Augusta roar. And what happened was uh, what they do in the practice rounds is they skip the ball across the water on the 16th, uh, the same way that, uh, you know, you skip a rock on a lake when you're a kid. <laughs> and it's just awesome to see. You know, if I had one recommendation for you, I would simply tell you, go to the 16th tee. That's where you <laughs> want to be. That's the spot. That's the sweet spot. Uh, except for perhaps, obviously, uh, the 18th green on Sunday. But VJ uh, Singh skipped one across the water and uh, went in the hole, hole in one. And <laughs> there's only been a couple ever. I think if you Google it right now, VJ Singh, hole in one. I think it pops up still to this day on Google, and it was a, a genuine moment. Uh, the place went crazy, and trust me, practice rounds are, you know, obviously every single day is completely 100% sold out, and uh, and that day was obviously uh, sold out. So, you, you know, you have as many people on a Tuesday for practice as you do on a Sunday for the final round. They're... A sellout is a sellout, and I'll never forget it as long as I live, AP. It was, you know, just walking around was a day like no other, and, you know, but to have a moment uh, like that for a practice round was really unforgettable. You know, to hear the Augusta roar on a Tuesday, it's just that simple. It's, it doesn't happen every year, that's for sure. No, I, I can't wait to to participate and just walk around the, uh, the course and and see all the golfers and the people in the in the gallery and 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 uh, I just I want to experience everything that I can. Absolutely, um, it's yeah, and you know the the fifteenth Amen Corner, the flowers, uh, all of it is just simply great. Well, I had to Google it, AP, and here it is, right here. April 10th, 2009, I just Googled VJ Singh, hole-in-one Masters. There it is, VJ Singh, another view, skips ball across the water. <laughs> uh, yep, VJ Singh, skip across the water, ace at the Masters. Um, so, it's awesome. It's, uh, it's, like I said, I figured it would still be there. It, it will live forever, and... Uh, yeah, another thing that you're going to enjoy, and this is like a thing that you'll 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 find uh, is I'm not sure about today, but back then, if you wanted to buy Masters gear, you can only buy it at the Pro Shop in Augusta. Period. There is no other way to get it. So I ran up by far my biggest bill ever at a sports at a sports venue uh, in the pro shop you know you have to buy for a lot of people you because you only get one shot i knew i was only going to be there one day and uh yesterday espn actually did a little thing michael collins they're really good writer but really funny funny uh personality they did a, a thing talking about you know what happens when you go to your the master's pro shop to buy your memorabilia for the first time so that leads me to believe it's still the same. You can't get it anywhere but there. Uh, get, you talk about lightening your billfold. You're, you're going to need every money, every penny that you're saving if you plan to buy some things. 
because you know it's uh you just go in there and you just want to go wild there is no other way to put it i think i spent somewhere around three hundred dollars you know you have to buy shirts and hats i bought balls that i still have to this day and i break out on very special occasions i bought a bag of teas still have them still use them again break them out on very special occasions uh and uh I could talk all day. You'll know what I mean the moment you walk in the door. And, and I'll give you a little heads up. I mean, you don't want to walk around all day carrying big bags of stuff, obviously. Right. In the same, in the same light, you are going to – the lines could be off the charts. They were on a Tuesday when I was there in 09. And uh, you could only imagine what the lines are like. Again, things may have changed, but there was only one spot to do it back then that I remember. And it's massive, but the lines are massive as well. Yeah, I could imagine the amount of people that are trying to get everything they can, just like you, they're trying to buy for someone else and anybody, any, any of their friends who play the game of golf. So it just must be unbelievable. The only other time I was kind of jammed up like that was uh, in the Notre Dame bookstore on game day, and you couldn't. You couldn't walk because there was somebody right in front of you and somebody right in back of you, and right to the side yes. of you. Good example. I have family members who have been to Notre Dame for a football game, and that's exactly what they talked about. Uh, the bookstore before the game, off the charts. Um, one last thing to say. I'm guessing you know this, but you know there's a bit of an honor system at the Masters. Uh, I do know people who go every year. That basically. Wherever you put your lawn chair down or whatever it is the you know that you might want to sit on <clears throat> uh, when you put it there it's it, that's your spot for the day. It will be honored uh, that's why we all see when the master's gates open they don't like running <laughs> you know they don't want to stampede, but people walk as fast as human beings can walk <laughs> because I know people who literally uh, you know they have it down to a science they get there. They're early. They just know how to do it, and they basically, you know, they'll put their lawn chair or whatever it is at the, you know, obviously the 18th green, and that spot will stay there all day. And it's not like they necessarily have to be sitting in it all day. Obviously, um, it it is respected. Put it that way. So, I'm guessing you may or may not have been aware of that, but you know, just in case you weren't, another little tip. Uh, if I, if I could do it. It's tough. Uh, on Saturday, if I were you, I would, you know, you like to walk around in the same light. I'd recommend the 16th tee on Saturday and Sunday, obviously. You want to be on the 18th. Those are all good tips, Sean. I'll have to consider uh, what's going to be the best for me, but I'm glad to learn that people honor a, a chair and they, they won't move it, and so you can walk around and sit at that place at the same time. Yeah, Masters has many traditions, as we all know, and that is uh, that is a uh, that's a good one to know. So, uh, last, I mean, you know, so come prepared with something, whatever that may be, to mark your spot. I know a lawn chair or something like that, a golf quote golf chair, stool, whatever you want to call it. Will I'm pretty sure does the trick. But uh, I could talk all day long about it, but you'll know when you get there. It'll all be crystal clear and. For you, it's perfect, AP. You know, you have a day to scout on Saturday, so to speak. 
And then Sunday, you can really uh, use what you learned on Saturday to really create a perfect master Sunday experience, I'm guessing. So good for you. I think it's awesome. Yeah, thank you, John. I'm looking forward to it. That's a good, good. That's the way I'm going to approach the, the Saturday uh, at the Augusta to scout things and prepare for Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, a lot to be said for being able to go two days. You will learn a lot on Saturday that will be tremendously helpful on Sunday. And AP, hard to believe we're at the end of our third segment. So why don't we take our final break? Still have a few more things to get to on the other side. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now... Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is twofold this week. Tonight's national championship game, of course, and Sunday's final round of the Masters. Uh, just to close out our master's talk, AP, there's, you know, every year for all of us, we have a couple hours that are sacred each year, just sacred, Uh, you know, cannot be toyed with, shall we say, and three sacred hours for me every year, it's usually all day, but I get from four o'clock to 8 p.m. on master Sunday is sacred time for me every year, uh, you know, that nothing else could or would ever get scheduled for that period uh, <laughs> for those four hours annually. Uh, so I <laughs> uh, just thought I'd run that, close out our master's discussion with that little tidbit. But AP, we have the final four. Uh, SEC, well represented. South Carolina made the final four. We have tonight's national championship game. As I said at the beginning of the segment, uh, you know, the Florida Gators 
uh, and Kentucky were in the final. Uh, oh, by the way, let me just interrupt real quickly. I have Red Sox opening day here in the background. And believe it or not, the F-15s just flew over Fenway. And if tradition holds AP in the next minute or so, they're going to be flying right over my house at a couple hundred miles an hour or a thousand miles an hour, whatever they go. But So if the house starts shaking in the next minute, you're going to know exactly what it is because many years, whatever the flight pattern is on a given day, can and has about three out of the last 10 years taken these F-15s right over my house. It's awesome. So if, if my microphone starts shaking, you'll know what it is. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, sorry to digress. Um, national championship game tonight and SEC's fabulous run in the postseason. Uh, love to hear your thoughts. You are you cover Alabama and, of course, the SEC, so I'm sure you were loving their positive showing. Yeah, I was glad, and I, I think another reason to be smiling if you're the SEC, Kentucky did not make the final, but South Carolina was able to to find a way, it would have been South Carolina or Florida, who was in that regional, uh, regional eight, you know, final eight. Right. So, I mean, exactly. Kentucky, you know, Kentucky usually is the bell cow for the conference, but South Carolina ended up making their first final four, and that was exciting because their women's team was also in the final four. So the whole state of South Carolina, they they were had good reason to be, be smiling and get excited about their programs and. So, you know, Frank Martin, he's a fiery coach, and I think that was quite a feat for him to get his team to, to that level. And, I mean, he came, you know, pretty close to being in that championship game. They didn't seem as as sharp on uh, Saturday, but, of course, Gonzaga is an excellent team, and they're used to winning themselves. So it's a, that was a semi-Cinderella story for Gonzaga now to be in that championship game. But South Carolina was... Uh, a Cinderella story themselves. Oh, it's just spectacular to see. What a great thing for the state of South Carolina. And Frank Martin, we talked at length about South Carolina and their history last week. Uh, suffice it to say, Frank Martin changed the narrative on his life. I mean, he's, as we said, clearly just seeing him, one of the more intimidating-looking individuals, as in don't mess with this guy, that you would ever want to see. He does have a history as a bouncer. I remember thinking that about him when I first saw him at K-State years ago. And uh, But boy, he really, again, changed the narrative, culminating in his basically crying at the podium, uh, talking about coaching this team and the run they had. And so we all saw a softer side of Frank Ryan, or excuse me, Frank Martin, and he is now, uh, you know, he's now a household name. Someone you knew and I knew, but, you know, everybody knows him now, that's for sure. Yeah, and I, and I think the reason, you know, you saw that emotion because he is a passionate person. Yes. And he wears his, his heart on his sleeve, but sometimes the coach, he's a little more, has a little more wisdom than the young players. He realizes maybe this will be the only time he'll get to that point. Correct. So that's, why, that's why he was, you know, showed those emotions in the press conference uh, when his team was defeated. It was tremendous. It really was. And, uh, yeah, so, again, uh, let's not forget, you know, winning the Duke game along the way. They beat Duke, 
they beat Florida. I mean, very impressive to say the least. And, uh, and you know, good for them. And what do you think about tonight's game? I mean, Gonzaga, they broke through to get to the final four. Now they won a close game against South Carolina. Saturday night was great. Two close endings. What you can't ask for anything more than that. Uh, Gonzaga's there. They've been, by record, the best team all year. Obviously, their conference and whatnot and their schedule is somewhat questioned. But uh, here they are. And on the other side, we have North Carolina. Been on a mission since Chris Jenkins beat him at the buzzer last year to give Villanova the national championship and give him a lot of credit. Here they are again tonight. So it, it should be a great game. You know, Gonzaga is past the point of freezing up. That's not ha- going to happen. The stage is not too big for Gonzaga. That would have happened Saturday night or last Sunday, last weekend. Right, right, John. You sure would have. You know, John, I think the story is the redemption for North Carolina, even though it's just from a few different players, of course. But can that take them all the way to the championship? And then you have, you know, the first time uh, team in the in the finals, uh, Gonzaga. Can they win the, win the championship for the West Coast I mean, I think those are the two storylines. Who's who's going to prevail? Uh, you know, both teams are very strong inside. Uh, I tell you, one player I really enjoyed watching was that Collins. That Collins from Gonzaga. He's he's a force, young guy, big guy, and you know, McDonald's All American. He kind of changed the landscape for Gonzaga. First, first uh, McDonald's All American to go right to Gonzaga. I mean, they had some transfers that were McDonald's All Americans, but he's the first one. Come out of high school that Mark Few was Mark Few was able to land in Spokane. Yes, and uh, I particularly like the big Polish player. He's soft touch for a super big guy. And as we close out here, I'm going to go back to the Red Sox because walking out on the field with the five repeat five Super Bowl trophies at Fenway coming out of the left field wall is Brady, Gronk, James White, Bob Kraft, and. Can't see who the fifth player is, uh, but the rumor was they were going to bring out the Pats. Not the first time we've seen Brady looks great, by the way. Hat on backwards, sunglasses. Typical movie star celebrity look. And uh, not the first time we've seen the Patriots. And I'm still trying to get the handle on the fifth person carrying. Each of them has a Super Bowl uh, 33. Oh, okay. Um so, awesome. Awesome to see. And, uh, yeah, so baseball's underway, AP. Got to love it. Brady is uh, standing at the pitcher's mound with his jersey. Just took off his jersey. Oh, the jersey that was stolen. And Gronk just stole it from Brady, and he's running around the field. <laughs> and Brady's chasing him, literally, at where the second baseman stands. Oh, my God. And he just tackled him. Brady just tackled Gronk. There you have it. Live report, AP. Doesn't get any better than that, right? <laughs> no. no. I love it. Brady holding up <laughs> the famous $500,000 jersey that was stolen. This was good stuff. Wow. Glad we got to put it in at the end of the show. And uh, I'm sure that's the highlight of the day here in Boston. And Brady is going to literally throw out the first pitch. He's at the pitcher's mound. Uh, so, got to love it. Mr. Kraft is giving him back. His jersey, the famous jersey, so that's good stuff. That's a classic. Well, on that note, AP, not going to get any better than that. So uh, thank you 
for as always for calling in. Enjoy the Masters this weekend, and uh, can't wait to hear all about it. Well, thank you, John. It's been my pleasure. Look forward to next time. All right, AP, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.